Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Julie's story. My goodness, I have the most amazing podcast listeners of all time. I'm laughing because I'm still like an unbelief, and that laugh definitely brought a tear to my eye. You guys know when I get excited, it's just like tears everywhere. I don't even cry at like anything, but when I get super excited, my just face waters. I cannot even tell you the overwhelming amount of encouragement that I've gotten just this week from you guys. And I just am like so blown away. Like I feel like I just won an Academy Award at this point. Like that's how encouraged I feel. Gosh, and this week has been tough. Like there's just been some things that some things like you got to say it with like some ump. Some things that have happened and I don't know what is going to come out in this. You guys know this is like my therapy so just get ready because who knows what's coming out. But in the middle of all those things I've just been so overwhelmed by you. So I just want to say thank you for like even listening. I feel like I'm going to say that forever. Like just 10 years from now I'm going to be fit, fabulous and 41 and I'm just going to be like, oh my gosh, my podcast listeners, thank you so much. It's just going to be forever because I just, I'm never going to get over the fact that you guys are here and you're with me and like so many of you guys have reached out and said, thank you for sharing your stories because I can relate and that's why I'm here. Just telling relatable stories. The first story I hope that you cannot relate to. We had kind of a situation happen last night And you guys know, like, on Tuesdays and Thursdays are podcast days, so there's a lot that happens between a Thursday and a Tuesday, okay? There's a lot of things. But this story actually happened last night. So we are bringing down our Christmas tree last night because um, I lost, somehow, I lost the marital argument between when the Christmas tree actually should go up. I don't know how I lost it because before Thanksgiving... I opened the door for conversation between Andre and I. And Andre and I have lots of big, great communication. We have really open communication. I tell him exactly what I'm thinking all the time, which is one of the markers how I knew I could marry him. But I told him before Thanksgiving that I was really disappointed at the timing of when we put up our Christmas tree last year. So I started prepping him emotionally to bring the tree down way before the 10th of December, which is when it actually came down. I was prepping to where I want to go. This is a key here in your life. Jot this down. This is the nugget. Get a vision for where you want to go. Start looking at it. Start talking about it. Get the vision to help your dream come true. And my dream was at least the day after Thanksgiving, the tree should come out. Can I get a witness? Because this whole... I'm waiting two weeks after Thanksgiving so that my tree is up for approximately 10 days during the holiday season. That's terrible. Like, I don't want to live that life. I don't know if you live that life, if, if you do and you're happy about it, bless you. But the life that I want to live is two weeks prior to Thanksgiving, the Christmas twinkles start coming out. Like, we start dancing around watching the elf. And that's the life I want to live. So I started prepping for that. And it didn't happen. Um, and and I, I reminded Andre of this, like, why didn't this happen? He said, oh, you know, because you're planning your sister's birthday party and you didn't want the tree up. That's excuses. Even though that's true, we could have just squished the tree down, put it in our room for the night. It should have really been out after Thanksgiving, but it wasn't. So that, that leads us to last night. So last night... We are opening the attic, and the kids are at the age now where, you know, they they have never been in the attic. They wanted to see what was in the attic, so we let them climb up the ladder, and I'm, like, freaking out the whole time because I'm thinking, 
I don't want my children to fall in our garage. And of course they didn't and they were fine and they just wanted to like climb up the ladder and peek in there, which I think is great. Like, you know, awesome family adventure. So they're out in the garage with us. You know, Andre goes up and he says, hey, there's all these boxes. What do you want down? He's a great husband. He asks me because in light of the grandmother that I have and the extra family that I came from, let me just give you an idea of what our Christmas looks like. We open Christmas decorations as Christmas presents. That's how extra my family is because my grandmother's a decorative artist, which means she is she is starting to paint Christmas decorations in July because she has craft shows in December. This is the life that I live. This is the amount of extra that we are. I go in my I've been looking at my grandmother's painted hand-painted Christmas decorations for the past six months in her garage every time I go over there she brings me out this is what we're painting and it's like oh it's great it's awesome so she's decorating stuff so every year we open Christmas decorations as Christmas gifts am I the only person that receives I just realized this this might be a thing I need to like I wish there was like a poll I could ask you guys Does anybody else get Christmas decorations as Christmas gifts? Because I cannot remember the last Christmas that I did not receive a new Christmas decoration as a Christmas present. And now that Andre is in my life, he also is getting Christmas decorations. So we're getting getting multiple Christmas decorations every year for Christmas. That's part of our Christmas stuff. So we have boxes and boxes of Christmas decorations in our attic. And it was funny because my parents were over here. Oh my gosh, I just realized this too. I I didn't even realize. Thank you guys for helping me realize the amount of extra that's in my life. My mother just dropped off two, count them, one, two, containers, big containers that I can fit in as a five foot two, 116.8 pound human adult. I can fit into these containers and probably be airlifted to anywhere in the world comfortably fitting a sofa and probably a mini fridge in these containers full of Christmas decorations. More, more Christmas decorations. They are in my hallway as we speak. And I'm going to do a little IGTV holiday tour of our house after I get these up because, of course, I'm having another party at my house this weekend for my sister and the Brave Babes. So I have to redecorate my house for Christmas. But thankfully, I have enough decorations that would probably fill an entire section at Costco. I was going to say Michael's, but Costco probably fits. So those are in my hallway. So also in my attic, there are boxes and boxes. So my husband says to me, climb up here, tell me what you want down. So I'm looking up there, I'm moving boxes around, and I'm just looking at all these hand-painted Christmas decor. If any of you guys want an authentic Julie Story, grandmother painted, grandma Ruth painted Christmas anything, send me a DM. I will take you on a tour. And there's purchasing prices from probably five bucks to about $95. And my grandmother's so talented. She enters the fair still as an 80-something-year-old woman, and wins first place. That's how great of a painter she is. So if you want an authentic, like a just shameless grandma plug, authentic Julie Story grandmother um, ornament, I'm going to have that merch available. So just send me a DM on Instagram. I'll make that happen. I think, I think on podcasts you can actually send a DM too. Curious how many of you guys will actually take me up on that. I would be overjoyed to pack up just packages 
it's sending out Christmas glee to you guys, knowing that you would open a package and have the same Christmas magic that I do, knowing that there's Grandma Ruth painted Christmas decor in my house and in yours. So let me know. I'll include a little, uh, you know, note from Jima for you, a little signed signature. You know, if you want something hand painted for me, let me know too. It'll probably not be great. Just going to put it out there. But in any case, Andre's like, what boxes do you want down, babe? So I'm climbing up there. You know, he's staring at me while I'm climbing because that's what men do when they love their wives and they want to make them feel bomb, babe, awesome. Don't hate it. Uh, I don't hate that. That was a little sidebar for you. But I'm, I'm up on the ladder and I'm moving stuff around up there. So I'm like, babe, the tree has a clear path. Go grab the tree. My tree is the one that I grew up with. My, my parents had this tree since I was 10. So I remember fluffing this very tree that sits before me in all of its grandeur and huge, you know, clumps of ornaments that are now sitting there from my kids decorating because kids don't. Yeah. Anyway, he climbs up grabs part of the tree. I grab it down. I bring it into the living room. I say, hey, Laylee, come in with me. We're going to start making Christmas cookies. Kairos, thankfully, is in the backyard with our dog, hitting a tree with a stick because that's how he's entertaining himself. And all of a sudden, there rose such a clatter. Clatter shattering. It sounded like a boulder fell from the roof through the garage into my garage space and immediately Layla and I look at each other and I'm thinking instantaneously, remember, I was trying to help the kids not fall off the ladder. I'm thinking Andre has just fallen down the ladder and I'm going to walk in to the garage and see my husband laying flat on his back. The first thing that I think is run. The second thing that I think is where's my phone so that I can call the ambulance because Andre's not surviving that fall. That, that was so loud that I'm like, it was almost louder than my alarms going off when there was a pretend fire in my house. Thankfully, my body didn't start shaking. I actually ran with urgency. I, apparently, my flight or flight works really go- well to protect other people, just not myself. That's okay. I'm running. Laylee's running. I fling the door open, and there I see in the roof of our garage two 13, size 13 feet uh, dangling, kicking back and forth, as you would imagine a man clinging for his life in the attic somewhere his feet are dangling doing slow motion kicks and it's not slow motion but it feels like that in the moment Laylee gasps placing her hand upon her lips Uh, my jaw is dropped and the only thing I can say is Andre are you okay because I have no idea what's happening to the top half of his body the bottom half is dangling at this moment And I just am shouting, Andre, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, I don't know what to do. There's there's debris everywhere. There's glass shattered on the floor. Chunks of the ceiling are on the ground. I mean, this hole was huge in our ceiling. And it's just feet dangling. And I just hear, I'm okay. And I just see the feet still dangling. And he lifts them up. And I hear clattering still. And I'm just like, Andre, are you okay? I don't believe him. Because I'm seeing probably a good four foot by three foot chunk of the ceiling hanging and it's waving in the slight breeze of the garage. 
And I'm thinking, is where, what is happening to the top half of your body? And he's saying, I'm okay. He lifts his feet back up into the attic. My jaw is still dropped. Laylee is still breathing heavily behind me. And all I can think is, what the crap just happened? And Andre pulls himself up. I hear things moving around up there. Turns out the board that he was standing on broke completely in half. And it was trying to send his two, 195 pounds. I say 200 pounds plus. This man is six foot 11, it seems. From my five foot two and a half to his six foot two. That's a big space. So in my mind, he's a giant. And I'm um, Land of the Gnomes. I don't know if you remember uh, the Land of the Gnomes show. David the Gnomes, shout out. The tall pointy hat. That's me. And that's how I feel in my life. I can't reach anything. Gosh, I'm like getting choked up over here. I can't reach anything. Like, I need a stool for everything. And my husband is a giant. And it's like I have to run and jump to kiss him. Like, this is the life that I live. So he pulls himself up. And I don't believe he's okay. Because the trauma that I see all over the ground. And the big chunk of ceiling that's hanging. And I just hear rustling. And I hear him continuing to walk. And all I can think is, this could have been... A terrible moment. Like the amount of gratitude that rose up in my heart for him not flying through the ceiling and landing on the concrete of our floor. And my ugly dresser that I was painting that I told my Instagram about, if you're listening on Instagram, that is uh, almost right underneath where he would have fallen. What happened was he was walking on a, on a plank that you know gave him walking space and it, it couldn't it could not support the gravity of character and integrity and amazingness of this man. It said, I must bow at the existence of the mere uh, excellence of this being. And it did. It bowed completely in half, come moving, removing the space underneath him. And he is such a ninja. I asked Kairos, what level ninja do you think Andre was at after we heard you know, his side of the story, Andre's side of the story. On uh, Kairos guessed about a 50 ninja, and I would have to agree because Andre was holding the top part of our fake tree, felt the board give out underneath him. He then simultaneously fell tossing the tree, and his elbows protruded, catching, not even his arms, mind you, just his elbows caught himself across two other pieces of wood that was sustaining the structure of our roof. That is what caught my husband, his elbows. And I just am like, how did that even happen? His subconscious was at work saving his life. Meanwhile, I'm on the ground going, can you please just come down? Like, please just come down. And my mom brain is thinking, oh my gosh, we were just out there. Lelia was just out there. Kairos was out there. We were all out there in the garage, helping get stuff down, tinkering in the garage. The kids were playing with the dog out there. And this could have fallen on top of their heads. And I just was like, all children need to be inside. No children are ever going to walk underneath. Let this all be a lesson to all the mamas out there. No children need to be walking underneath. Husbands walking in the attic. Would this have happened 
if he had gotten the tree mid-November, probably not. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons why we should have gotten the tree. Maybe he put on a couple pounds since the, the Thanksgiving pie. Neither here nor there. But my husband's alive. He's safe. My children are alive. Our tree is up. And our garage is needing some repair. <laughs> some excellence of repair. Oh my gosh, that could have been so much worse. Like I feel so relieved and at the same time, I feel so impressed at the amazing subconsciousness. My husband's fight or flight is working incredibly. I probably just would have fallen. <laughs> that, that's what this podcast would have been. The time I fell from the ceiling and now I'm in the hospital doing podcasts where my husband is like, has this amazing story that he lived through almost falling through the ceiling. So that's what happened. Um, that was a nice little end cap to a week of highs and lows. Like it just, there were some amazing highs and some, some lows as I still have been talking to you guys about like processing my story and processing, gosh, she's doing so much self reflecting and like finding all these spaces and places in me where I have just felt incredibly discouraged. There's just, there's this weird thing about discouragement particularly when you are an encourager. In the school I was telling you about that I took, the Bethel school that was a satellite school, we did all these like temperament testing. Um, we learned about how different people, you know, have different love languages, they have different temperaments, they have different like prophetic giftings and different giftings in people. And for me, I am through and through an encourager. Like I'm that person that I... Like, I just want to come alongside everybody and, like, cheer them on. And encouragers are these incredible people that are that breathe life over. Like, if I could tell you how many people have come up to me and said, you are like a breath of fresh air. Like, that, that term people have said to me over and over and over again. And for so long, I didn't recognize what it is that they were really saying. And what they were saying was, I feel, um, I feel encouraged and inspired by being in your presence. And it's something about God that I carry, which is so beautiful. It's such an awesome gift. And like those of you who are encouragers out there, like I feel you, we are a huge part of like just the church and community. Like we just, everybody could really use an encourager. Really, I need an encourager. And what's so interesting about like carrying a specific gift and like this light is that there's always going to be, th- there's always going to be that emotion that tries to put a bushel for the light. You remember that song that we sang at like church camp and like, I didn't go to church camp. I didn't really go to church, but like the songs I used to sing, like, um, I can't even remember the tune of it, but you use like your finger and it's a little light and like hide, hide your light underneath a bushel. There's, there's always that, isn't there? Isn't there always that where you have this amazing quality in your life, you have this amazing thing going on and you like feel this like angst or this like this, the other side of it. And I just have learned that it's the devil. (laughs) Well, I like to say it like that, but it's just like, it's just, I don't want to give him that much credit, but it's just haters hating and, um, encouragers in particular they struggle a lot with rejection because I've learned if you take somebody who just wants to love and encourage and inspire other people and you create in them a whole heck of a lot I almost want to say hell of a lot but a whole heck of a lot of discouragement and feeling like rejected they don't want to flow in their gift anymore and it's like 
every time that I get to this point in my own journey where I feel like, gosh, I feel so, I feel so freaking defeated. I feel so like beat down. Why do I feel this way? Some of it's because of the stories I'm telling. Some of it's because of just like relational things that have happened. And again, the story that I'm telling myself. And then, you know, the other part of it is also the story I'm telling myself. Because when you feel down, you put on the lenses that we talked about before. So this week has been some of that. And Andre and I were actually talking about this, particularly with millennials. And I think I'm an ex-ennial, so I'm like the best of both worlds. <laughs> One article said that the, the in between the 1987, it's like 1979 through 1987, I think, were like the ex-ennials, and they're like a super hybrid between generation Generation X or baby boomers and millennials. I don't know. We're like we're like a cool set of people. Millennials are cool too. Shout out to millennials. But we, we have this overwhelming pressure that's put on us and the economy's different and life is so different. Like, and we don't, we don't realize that we're getting so much information all the time and we never have time to like think about this information that we're getting. And so we, we think about our lives like the past week and we're thinking, gosh, I should be in a different place or why isn't my business here or this person who's really the exception to the rule, who had extraordinary blessings and circumstance come into their life in a particular way, I'm not like that person, so I feel really defeated because this person's younger, this person has had less time that they're working on something. And it creates a hot mess of crazy amount of discouragement. And it can feel really overwhelming. And it can feel really frustrating. And so Andre and I were processing this together of like, wow, we don't live in a time like our past our parents generation we live in a time where things are very different and we're holding ourselves to an unrealistic standard and i heard gary v say this and i told this to andre and ever since andre's like i see the world differently so i'm going to tell it to you so gary v is talking like he's a business guy and like amazing love gary he was talking about how he's talking about like younger people and younger people these days, like the twenties and thirties, even the teens, they get, they're so hard on themselves. And he said this to one person and I was like, this is it. This person was like so frustrated where they were at in life. And he was like, you have only lived 28% of your life. Cause this person was 28. And as soon as he said, it, I was like, oh my gosh, I've only lived 31% of my life. And I have not tried near enough things or done near enough of the things that I want to do. And it's okay. And so when I told that, Andre's like, I've only lived 30% of my life. And that's amazing. And he felt so free by that. So like, I'm just telling that to you. Like, you've only lived blank percentage of your life. Take a deep breath. Like, okay, you might come across a time where there's a hole in the ceiling of your garage. And you might be renting your garage. And that's okay. You know what? Like, that is okay. Your uh, ornaments on your tree might be clumped because you're letting your kids decorate and it's totally okay. One of my friends um, posted this on her um, Facebook and I like shared it. One of my dear friends who's actually um, Miss Denver right now in Colorado. Shout out to Miss Denver. She was sharing about um, her elf on a shelf and how she's retiring her elf on a shelf because it was no longer bringing her joy. And this was a story that she told in her Facebook post. And I just looked at it. It was shared like 169 times. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why hasn't this post gone viral? But essentially she was just saying that like, 
this concept of joy that she was trying to bring to her kids started bringing her anxiety over the years because she would go to bed and she would forget to move the elf and then her kids would be disappointed because her elf wasn't in a cool Pinterest position and like they would like her kids would go to school and compare elf stories about how oh my elf was doing this funny thing oh your elf was only doing that and it created this anxiety so she kind of wrote this like farewell letter um from the elf to the kids and I was like this is brilliant but essentially the letter was instead of focusing on what I'm doing today as the elf like focus on how you can give and bring joy and light into someone else's day and let that be the joy of like Christmas and gosh that resonated with me so much and Last night we decorated, like we had this tradition that is going to change now. And nobody told me this. Not a single person ever brought this up to me in the history. I've never heard anybody talk about this. So that is why I'm talking about it because my whole vibe is I, am I alone here? And if I can tell stories that help somebody else later say, you know what? I heard, I heard about this. I'm ready for this because I heard a story. So last night we got to this moment where we're decorating the tree and every year we decorate the tree and we put on christmas music and we make sugar cookies and we decorate them and this has been a thing a tradition that i've done with my kids for years even as a single mom before andre and like this is what we do so in the middle of decorating the tree putting on music and we're listening to pentatonic which we love pentatonic and they were doing like music videos and my kids are like glued to the tv and i'm like decorating and andre's fluffing the tree and andre fluffed the tree for like forever and i'm like andre the tree doesn't need to be that fluffed it's not that serious so i have to shout out to that because he was like going way harder on fluffing the tree so they're watching the music video and i kept saying like come on guys like decorate the tree and they just were like not into it so i changed the music station and they still, like, Laylee's reading her Harry Potter book, and Kai's, like, playing with the dog, and I'm over here, like, decorating, and I'm, like, I'm trying to create Christmas magic moments, and none of you guys are participating in my Christmas magic moment, and Andre's, like, babe, like, we just need to slow down, like, we don't have to decorate the tree today, and all I could think about was last year, when we decorated the tree halfway, and then the boxes of ornaments set out for, like, three and a half weeks, and nobody even finished decorating the tree, and I'm, like, this is supposed to be our magic Christmas moment. Like, where is all the magic? And they just were not into it. And then we're trying to make... Uh, it's funny, I'm talking about Elf on a Shelf. We were trying to make Christmas cookies. And I bought this Elf on a Shelf Christmas cookie kit. One, because it was $5. Two, because it didn't make an obnoxious amount of cookies. Have you ever made, like, Christmas cookies with your kids? And you have 3,000 cookies to decorate. And it, like is just not even fun because there's so many so i bought this cake kit and i was like this is gonna be so much better and i bought the kit and it wasn't better and like the icing was a fail because they wanted me to put raw egg in it and i'm over here like why is raw egg and icing okay but we can't eat cookie dough and so i have this internal struggle going on with the icing this was our magical christmas moment this whole debacle of like nobody wants to decorate the tree andre almost falls through the ceiling we're laughing about that that was actually funny by the end of the night but there's not wonder in it it just feels like a lot of busy and we're like trying to do the tradition and finally like we get to the end of the night and um Laylee was like talking through some of her just overall christmas expectations and you know Kairos finally went and was getting ready for bed. This boy actually showered without me having to tell him to do it. That was a Christmas miracle. Let's celebrate that magic for a second. But in any case, um, Laylee was processing some things that, you know, just 
just her her experience of Christmas and all this stuff. And I got this moment at the end and I realized we need to change some traditions because it's no longer fun like it used to be. When the kids were little, it was really enjoyable to like, they would just, oh, they'd open up all the ornaments. It didn't matter what kind of ornaments they were. They just want to hang them and it was like a thing and they just loved it. And now it's not as fun for them anymore. And so I kind of looked at Andre and I said, you know what? This was a tradition that we always do, but if it's not bringing joy anymore, then we need to change the tradition. And it was like fireworks went off between us because I realized that no, at no point ever did I think one day I'm going to have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old and they're going to look at Christmas different and they're going to look at the moments differently. And we started talking about these moments of Christmas that really mattered. And last year, we have this story. Last year, um, Andre and I worked really hard to get the kids. They had a couple big things and we worked really hard to like make sure they got those big things. And one of them was a Hatchimal. Lelia wanted a Hatchimal so badly. And it was like a $50 thing. And I was like, she wants this so bad. We got to do it. And we just try and be really conscious of like just Christmas budgeting and just being wise. We just try and be really wise. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be worth it because it's what she wants. And like she opens this Hatchimal and it was this moment where all time and space pause and like the glee on her face. It was like dopamine overload. And we're all just high on the excitement of like, oh my gosh, mom, Andre, you got me the Hatchimal. And it was like a thing and everyone's laughing. And she's, I'll never forget her face. And I'll also never forget her face when we brought up the Hatchimal a day later and she never played with the Hatchimal since that moment. And Andre and I brought up this a thousand times to each other because we're like, we worked so hard to go to this Hatchimal and it was just this one moment. So she opens this Hatchimal and she like, you know, the little toy breaks out of the egg and it's like a thing and it was like really, really big a couple years ago. And like, she was so excited to have it. She watched it hatch And then I don't think the Hatchimal got touched after that moment. So it was like a $50 dopamine overload. And I don't know about you, but I would like to spend a half of a Disney ticket on more than a three-minute moment. And like, I, you know, you know, I compare everything to a Disney ticket because that's like the, you know, a dopamine day, right? So it's like, so she has this moment and I'm like hitting the table because I'm moving my hands when I talk. Um, so Fast forward um, to last night, we were talking about Christmas moments. And she says to us, she, she, Laylee recalls her favorite Christmas moment outside of getting Lucy. Lucy was two years ago. So about five years ago, let me tell you the moment that she remembers. The moment that made the most impact on her sweet little heart. She well, was living at my parents' house as a single mom. I think it was like the Christmas before we moved into our own place. And I have worked very hard as an extra mom to create moments for my kids. But this is the one that stood out. Let us all learn this lesson of the Hatchimal in this moment. She had the Hatchimal moment last year. And this was five years ago. Not last year. Five years ago was her magic Christmas moment. She woke up in the middle of the night. Or it was like in the middle of the night. It wasn't the middle of the night. It was probably like 10.30. Okay? Because I put my kids to bed at 8. Because I'm that mom that has major bedtime structure. They still go to bed at 8.30 or 9. She wakes up. 
And it was the night before Christmas Eve because we opened presents Christmas Eve. And she was like, mom, I can't sleep. And um, they were sleeping like underneath the Christmas tree, super magical, put, you know, um, put uh, sleeping bags out there. It's great. She wakes up and she's like, I can't sleep. So I picked her up and I, um, I started whispering, whispering to her and just started talking to her. And I was like, you know what? why don't you open one of your Christmas presents now? Just me and you. And she was like, really? And I said, yeah. So I went under the tree and I found this um, present that she had been wanting. She had grabbed it in Walmart, hung on to it for a second. Like, oh my gosh, mom, I really want it. So I snuck it into my car. You know, those moments when you're shopping and your kid's like, oh my gosh, I want this. And you're like, no, I don't know. Let's think about Christmas. And then you hide it underneath like the bread in the aisle. And you like, make sure that you look at the cashier in that way. Like, winking and like scrunching your face like make sure they know you need to not hold this up and point to it and display the secrets it's like a secret exchange so that happened so she I give her the gift as this little small package and she opens it up and it was this locket that she wanted from walmart of all places probably like 388 you know how walmart walmart has a ton of things that are 388 that's like their magical number now next time you're at walmart you're gonna remember 388 like that's the magic walmart number there's a sales strategy for that but that's not what we're talking about so she opens this this locket and she just was like oh my gosh it was this moment and then i said you know what i told her you don't have to go back to to bed let's snuggle and watch a christmas movie together and that was her favorite moment the 388 waking up me scooping her up in her arms because she's a tiny little gnome child and snuggling with her as she opens this locket and we watch a Christmas movie together and Andre and I looked at each other across the room and we're like okay this is what we are going to be doing from this time forward like take out all the things that we've done before, unravel our minds and the stories we've been telling ourselves and the traditions that are set in stone traditions. And I love traditions because they, um, they're consistent and we can anticipate them. And, you know, Christmas traditions like watching movies and things that still bring us joy, but the ones that no longer bring us joy, we need to revamp them. And that's what we kind of had this moment last night where we were thinking, gosh, $3.88 and slowing down for a second and you know scooping her up in my arms and doing something a little bit different i mean i remember when she was um when actually when the kids were little uh the last night of summer i put them to bed at eight and i would wake them up at around 10 30 so it wasn't even that late but it felt like the middle of the night to them and i would wake them up and i would say do you guys want a chocolate muffin so i would wait yes i would put my children to bed then i would wake them up to chocolate And they would, oh my gosh, it was the biggest deal ever because how cool that they get to, they get to be woken up quote unquote in the middle of the night and they would, you know, scuffle down to bed and it was like the last night of summer. So it didn't really matter if they got like, it wasn't like the next day they weren't going to school. So it didn't really matter if they got like the greatest sleep or whatever. And then they would eat their chocolate, like half of a chocolate muffin or like three bites because they were tiny. And then, and then they would just like run themselves back up to bed and pass out and sleep in the next day. And like, they still talk about those moments and like I had moments like that with Laylee where if she's been going through like a tough time I would put her to bed and then wake her up like an hour later and like hey do you want to have hot chocolate with me and then we would talk for like 20 minutes and then I'd put her back to bed and it just was like those little things are the ones that really stand out to them and so that's where I'm at that's where I'm at is like recognizing that 
maybe the reason why I'm experiencing like discouragement in my life or I'm just I'm experiencing like frustration I feel like I should be at a different place because I have a set of expectations I have these ideas of traditions or you know life that other people are living that I'm holding myself to a standard that doesn't work for me and it doesn't work for my family because of whatever reason and so last night as I'm unraveling as I'm unraveling this moment of like gosh where have I where have I been disappointed or let down because I am trying to to force something and really what I need to do is look at it differently over the weekend that was a resounding theme in in our life Andre and I uh worked all Sunday like I I think that Sunday should just be for mimosas and sitting poolside while somebody cleans my house that is the dream life one day I'm gonna get there um and if you ever hear an advertisement on my podcast just know every single cent is gonna go to making that dream a reality one day you know because orange juice at at walmart's 388 uh so every penny counts but essentially i have this idea i have this story that i have been telling myself that i do not want to let go and that is mimosas at poolside on sundays while somebody cleans my house So that's not happening in my life at this time. So I'm cleaning our house and Andre's helping and we kind of set Sundays aside as like, hey, you know, we need to adult and it sucks and I don't want to do it, but I do it anyway. So we're cleaning and we're talking about how there have been a million moments recently where we have had a belief system about something And that belief system has kept us from acknowledging what we already have. And let me tell you the story of the couch, okay? Again, I'm just letting you guys in. And I feel like by keeping these stories to myself is not helping anyone. So I have had the same ugly couch for a really long time. It was actually a gift and I'm very thankful. But you know when you get gifts... There are things that you sometimes you need, but they're not wants. And that's like a really big difference. It's kind of like buying your mom um, pot holders for Christmas versus like, I don't know, a diamond necklace. The need versus the want. So I was given a couch and it's brown and ugly. And I felt so embarrassed showing my house on Instagram because I don't have an Instagram couch. Okay. The reason I don't have an Instagram couch is because I don't want to go into debt to buy furniture. That's just something that I don't want to do. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to have an ugly couch and I'm going to get my life in order because I'm not going into debt over furniture. And um, so we've had this ugly couch and I'm just like dream. My dream was to have this amazing decorated living room. And I felt so embarrassed and ashamed because my living room doesn't look like everyone else's. I don't have a carpet. I don't have these things because... I'm not going to get those things until it's what I want and I'm paying in cash. That's what I believe. High five, Dave Ramsey. I know there's a whole tribe of you out there that support me in those ambitions. Those are great ambitions, but feeling really embarrassed when you have a really ugly couch and you see all these amazing people that have these gorgeous, like, oh, gray couches with little tough, like, buttons in the background. And in any case, so I've had this ugly couch and at my sister's birthday party, I was thinking, and we've done this before, moving out the ugly couch into another room 
and, you know, displaying decorations or whatever it is instead of the other couches. Well, I have this couch that I got from my wedding. So my wedding, my mom was working at an event coordinator and this event coordinator was moving from Florida to Georgia. And so she was getting rid of a lot of her stuff. And I acquired a lot of the decorations that I had at our wedding. Amazing. So this beautiful black vintage couch has been sitting in my office that's in our dining room. So it's been around, but I never thought of using it as our main couch because Andre would always say, I don't like the couch. And I, and I thought, oh, he doesn't like you know, it's, it's very ornate. He doesn't, it's kind of girly. And I'm like, I, I share a house with my husband. I mean, there's definitely twinkle and he has given me free range to decorate. And that's fine. Cause he hates decorating. That's another thing. Andre hates decorating. And I'm like, let's decorate everything for no reason. So he's just like, whatever you want to do, babe, is fine. He, there's a couple, you know, I always ask his opinion because I don't want him to feel like he fell into like, you know, <laughs> he fell into uh the game Candyland and like the the you know the ice princess that that was always the card that you wanted to get because it advanced you further in the game and it was also the princess card I don't want him to feel like he's dropped into that that lady's uh world so I'm like okay he doesn't like the couch so for his sister's party we rearranged the entire living room with things that I already had I already had what I needed to create a different atmosphere, but I never thought about using it in the way that I did until my sister's birthday party. So I rearranged my whole living room and it looks amazing. Like I absolutely love my living room. I moved the black couch out. I hung tool curtains, by the way, at Ikea are amazing. I also use them for skirts in my... Uh, sessions. If you look back through my Instagram, you will see this tool skirt shows up all the time. You just string a nice ribbon through it. You tie it. It's fine. Laylee's wore it. I've worn it. So there's tool curtains hanging in my living room right now. It looks amazing. And so I decked out our whole living room with all this stuff I already had, but I never thought about organizing these things in the way that I did until my sister's party. I don't know why. I just didn't. So I put the couch out and in having the couch out, Andre and I had a different conversation. So when we reorganized what we already had, a different conversation came up, which cleared up a huge misunderstanding. Andre likes the couch. He doesn't like how the couch feels. It needs extra throw pillows. And all the women went, oh, honey, I know where to go. Um, Target, home goods, like that is a problem that we all can solve. Like we all just like <laughs> prophetically got out our debit cards. And we're like, oh, we got you, boo. Like, honey, if you need different throw pillows, we know where to go. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you mean like we can use this black couch like as our main couch? And he's like, yeah, that's no problem. We, we put out the brown chair and he sits in the brown. I'm like, I will lay on the black couch while we watch TV or shows. You can sit in the brown chair amazing it changed everything so we're cleaning our house and we're leaving up all the ways i rearranged our living room and the ugly brown couch is gone and my amazing vintage couch is the 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 display of my living room i already had it it's awesome and i'm i'm taking all of these candles from this event coordinator as well I, i inherited all of these candles i mean probably a good 50 no exaggeration 50 candles and I'm putting them in a cabinet and we're talking about all these different things that we're learning. And our house 
is slowly mirroring what's happening in our lives spiritually and emotionally. That is a thing. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that in your life, but when your like soul feels super chaotic, like your house starts to like mirror where you're at emotionally and not every time because you know, there's sometimes we're just, you know, tired and we just want to ignore the mess that's in our house and that's fine. Like shout out cuz we all do it. Don't don't deny it. I know where your laundry is right now. Okay, it's a pile somewhere. It might not be in your living room. It may be in that room that you want, don't want to talk about, but I see you. So we're rearranging our thought process and we're rearranging our mentality and we're rearranging our furniture and we're reorganizing where we store what we already have. I put all of the candles in an easy, accessible place because at any moment I can pull out all these candles and turn my living room into a twinkling oasis of candlelit epicness because I put my candles from my crazy closet that was at hotmess.com that I cleaned on my Instagram. Shout out to all you guys who watch me do that. I put them to be easy accessible. I already had what I needed to create what I wanted. This is the thing that I want to share with you. You already have what you need for this season. You just have to look at it a little bit differently. Whatever you need to do in your life, in your story, in your furniture, to say, what do I already have? What crazy journey have you already walked through that has prepared you for what you're going through right now? How can you look at the information differently? And this is the one thing that I got from counseling last week. My counselor was like, all this information you threw at me, look at it differently. And as soon as I did, it was like, I got a snap. I got to do the holy snap on, on the pod. I think it's the first time a holy snapped on the podcast. As soon as you look at this information differently, you're able to not only have different conversations, but you're also able to tell yourself a different story. I felt for so long so embarrassed because I didn't have a cool couch. And it stopped me from sharing a part of my life. Isn't that so dumb? Like, nobody cares what couch you have. Newsflash, let's just shout out right now. Nobody cares what kind of couch you have. And by the way, Gary Vee also says, "Um, if you are working so hard to buy crap you don't care about to keep up with the Joneses, uh, you need to reevaluate your life. It's not worth it. If you are happy with your life and like you are making waves and you're doing all the stuff, you're being smart with your finances and you have an ugly couch, it is okay. All of you guys need to send me like, it's like screenshots of your couches right now. Like, and all of you guys who have beautiful couches, I love you. Like you're, you're in my dreams and thoughts, like, and in my prayers, like, it's so cool. I just wasn't that person until I got my wedding couch. So my wedding couch is now in my living room and I was just sitting there last night like thinking about like all the areas that I've been discouraged in. And I'm just like, you know what? I have to take, I have to take a moment to acknowledge my feelings and acknowledge like where I've been discouraged and where I felt sad and where I felt defeated, not stuff the feelings, but just look at them from a different angle. What's been going on in my life. And like I asked, I asked God this past week for a gift because I'm a gift loving, which I love gifts like they (laughs) Andre will tell you I love gifts they make me so happy gifts are like my thing and then like it's not even the it's not even the 
it could be like the smallest thing. Like my kids, Lainley brought me home a rose one day, like from school for my birthday. And I still have the rose. It's like on my desk. Like, oh my God, to give me a gift. So I love gifts. Um, so I asked God, I was like, God, like I really, really would love to have a gift. I would love to have a gift that's just for me. And I didn't feel selfish asking for it. I just felt like, I know I need this. Like I just need a gift, a gift. And then all of a sudden I started getting all these like, really sweet shout outs on Instagram from you guys and it it was it was so much like what I needed because I had been feeling so discouraged and like I'm putting so much of myself out there and my story out there and I'm just like you know what I'm gonna tell the ugly couches stories I'm gonna tell where I felt ashamed and discouraged because I know I'm not alone I just feel that way and lo and behold in the middle of all that I'm getting these hugs and I felt like, gosh, this was just for me. Like this was a gift that was just for me. And like, I just, God used all of you guys to like do that for me. And it, it meant so much. So I, I just threw a lot at you (laughs) and I'm, I'm not even sorry. I'm glad that we went to all these places because there's so much that I feel like I'm learning that I'm like, oh my goodness, let's have these conversations. Let's talk about how we already have what we need. And I talked about a little bit on my Instagram about this ugly dresser because I also had an ugly dresser. I had an ugly dresser for seven years and I did nothing about it because I was just like, I'm going to get a new dresser one day and this dresser is going to look like this. Instead of looking what I already had, I already had the paint. I already had the resources. I already had the paintbrush. I already had everything I needed to use what I already had to make something better. And I didn't do it. And why did I not do that? And I felt like it's because I was a victim to my ugly couches and I was a victim to my ugly dresser. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even need to live like that. I don't even need to live like that. And you know what? It's so cool that I can say, I just took all the stuff in my garage and I revamped my entire living room, redecorated, made all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm looking over here at my Christmas tree like, I don't have a tree skirt, but you know what I do have? I have fabric and I have creativity and I can make the most bedazzled tree skirt in the history of tree skirts. And I can make it happen and make it work. And so that's what I just want to leave you with is what do you have right now that you can use? in your life? What are the stories you already have? What are the things you've walked through that you can already use? And what do you need to change? What traditions do you need to change? What habits do you need to change that aren't working for you anymore? And whatever those things are, just be open to change them. Even if it's something that is like so outside of like our culture's traditions. Like I don't even care if we have to revamp Christmas completely. If something about it is no longer bringing us joy, we're changing it. So I leave you with that. Send me your pictures of your couches. Um, cause I want to celebrate with you. If you have a bomb couch, I'm going to celebrate with you. And if you have an in transition couch, that's cool too. Uh, been there for the last forever. So, so much love to you so much. Like just gosh, gratitude and thankfulness. I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Goodbye for now. I'll see you again in a couple days.